Blog Talk Radio. It's been in the 29th degree of Aquarius, like it's really going slow. 
it's still in the 29th degree of Aquarius, and so we have a certain kind of high-minded communication now with the Sun and the Moon and Mercury and Aquarius, an ability for us to consider our ideals, for us to consider um, uh, hope, hopeful situations, um, to think outside the box, to be able to really draw that up out of our unconscious and then be able to communicate it in the conscious mind. So um, air signs in general, Aquarius is an air sign, have to do with the mind and the thinking and expressing that the mind is capable of doing. Aquarius is very certainly high-minded, humanitarian, utopian kind of of thought process. It has to do with groups of people, socializing, friendship, the common ground that we find among our friends. So um, this is really kind of a lovely a lovely uh, day, a lovely night, and tomorrow we'll also have the moon in Aquarius all day, um, fastly approaching Mercury in a conjunction. So we can focus on friends and friendship. Venus, still retrograde for another little bit. It's going to be going direct in the next couple of days. Um, it um, It's at 13 degrees Capricorn, and it's going to kind of hang out there until it turns direct. So we're looking forward to Venus going direct. If anyone's reached out to you from your past, I know that I've had that happen to me, interestingly. Someone from college um, who I was uh, good friends with reached out to me and sent me, you know, like a sort of late arriving Christmas newsletter. So I had a, you know, a, a Venus retrograde outreach. I think I may have even had more than one, but that's the one that really stands out. I was very happy to hear from this person. So um, <clears throat> Mars is in Libra, going very slow because it's getting ready to go retrograde. And it will be going, you know, um, forward all through the month of February, but because Mars's orbit is much wider, then um, Mercury and Venus is when it gets ready to go retrograde. It can begin the slow period, the slow forward movement period for uh, like up to a month. So it's already at 22, almost 23 degrees. It's only going to go to about 28 before it goes retrograde. So for a whole four weeks, Mars is only going to go about five or six more degrees. Mars in Libra is not making any really negative aspect to, you know, any of the planets. It actually is making a nice trine to the moon and Mercury. And so I think communication within relationships or communication with people that we have, um, any kind of contractual agreement, we call it, anybody that we might see whether that would be a doctor, a counselor, a therapist, or even somebody that might be working for you um, because employees can sometimes fall under seventh house arrangements, based, uh, basically if they're close to us, if they're like in an assistant level. Uh, that's definitely a seventh house relationship. So the, our communication in a, a broad-minded way, Aquarius, with people that we have uh, relationships with, including therapists and 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 our and our obviously primary partner. That's the number one Libra relationship. It, it can be very open. I think there's a lot of room here for for really good open conversation. Um, in our relationships. <clears throat> Jupiter at 12 degrees is actually right in opposition to Pluto. Um, and Uranus is in the square. So we have a T-square between Jupiter, Uranus, and Pluto right now. 
um, you know, what that creates, what that manifests, if we see anything happening um, over the weekend. It didn't really grab me yet if it's happened, if something of, you know, I know I know Obama gave a very strong uh, State of the Union talking about how he was going to go it alone in some respect, and I thought that was an interesting expression of Uranus that he was going to do the Uranian thing, squaring the, say, the Plutonic um, uh, blockages and stalemates of the Congress as represented by Pluto and Capricorn, that he was going to take a Uranian in Aries role and do a certain individual executive power thing. So we might see some of that, and that could partly play out um, for us individually, um, you know, in our own personal relationships, this large square is much more of a social social experience. So it could be our own relationship to what's going on socially rather than applying the outer planet dynamics to our individual relationships. Like the Uranus-Pluto square may play out in our relationships if we have, let's say, someone in the relationship who's very Uranian, uh, or if we might have a child that's very Uranian and we're being very authoritative, like Plutonic, we could experience the Uranus-Pluto square in almost an exaggerated form in our personal lives. But generally, it's going to more have to do with, are you more the Uranian person or are you more the Plutonic person? Do you see change against social structure as necessary and therefore you're one of the people who would be you know in the you know in the the shutdown wall street movement and would you rise up against the authority powers or are you more staid type of person who believes that change is really not necessary and that the powers that be are handling things you know the way that they should be i think that's an interesting dynamic for for all of us to be able to look at it on what side of the uranian plutonic square do we really fall neptune four degrees pisces really moving forward on its way up to seven over the summer where it will retrograde moving into new territory with neptune so we'll see the way in which neptune is going to play itself out especially when we move into the next sign and um and the sun goes into pisces so that's your Global Energy Minute. I'm Dr. Craig. You're listening to the Inside Connection. I have a couple of callers on the switchboard, so before I do get into um, the uh, Aquarius energy, which I probably can do fairly quickly, um, I'm going to go and say hello. So area code 310944, you're on the Inside Connection. Hi, Dr. Craig. Hi. Uh, my name is Todd, and my girlfriend has called in before, and she wanted me to call in this evening. Okay, Todd. Um, that's fine. Do I know your girlfriend? Uh, Jill. She's friends with Pat. Yeah, Jill. Oh, okay. That's fine. That's fine. That's <laughs> fine. New listage. I got it. Okay, so let me just go to the astrology software. Todd, what's the first um, initial of your last name? Uh, S. S. And um, what's your birthday? Uh, September 15th, 1966. And uh, what's your birth time? Do you know it? Let's see here. 6.43 p.m. 
0643, <clears throat> and your and your birthplace is in Baytown, Texas. Baytown, Texas. I got it. So, have you ever had your chart read before? Uh, no. No, that's fine. I'm I always like reading for someone new. Um, I'm just going to review the birth information you gave me. That your birthday is September 15. 1966. Correct. Okay, so you're a Virgo, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And 6.43 p.m. Uh, Baytown, Texas. Yes. Got it. Okay, so um, your um, your chart is actually loaded with Virgo. Loaded. Um, I would say that, you know, you, you probably really battle with a lot of perfectionism you know like it you have five natural planets in virgo all in the house of virgo very interesting very service oriented very helpful um very bend over backwards for people very efficient you know a keen eye on things that you you know you can really examine something and figure out how to make it more efficient how to make it work better um, but one of the things about your chart, you know, because of five planets in Virgo, it kind of screams out at me about the difficulties that you have in being satisfied or that sometimes you may inhibit your ability to make a decision because you're not really sure that it's going to be the right one. Like you would be, um, I don't want to say scared of, but a little, a little uh, put off by the idea that you could make a mistake. So that because a mistake is like a very difficult thing for a Virgo to accept that they would actually make one. So, and I know you've never made any mistakes, I'm sure, but um, but the idea is that is that you haven't made them because you would inhibit yourself from making them. Uh, Mars okay. is the rule. Do you have do you have children? No children. No children. So Mars is the ruler of your chart because you're just just have Aries rising just just I mean I, I feel like you read me your birth time off your birth certificate so um, 6:43 p.m. that's very good you know birth information normally somebody says 6:30 or 6 o'clock 6:43 because because Aries rising makes you very strong though and very willful because you have Mars in Leo. Mars would be the ruler of your chart and I, I do explain some things in astrology but I'll always tell you what it what it means, okay? So Mars okay. in Leo means that you're creative, but it also means you like to take somewhat of a of a center stage that you want to um you know, be noticed for what it is that you're you're contributing. With all this Virgo, I'm sure there's sort of a shy side to you, but because your ruler is in Leo, it would it would normally indicate that you're okay with being noticed. Like you don't mind if if you stand up and take a leadership role. I'm wondering if that's true. Uh, somewhat, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, do you also recognize that 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 big part of your personality that's that's the Virgo, that analytical and discerning and being able to pick things apart and maybe a little bit critical, but super helpful and efficient and wanting to get the job done? Yes. Yeah. My girlfriend's shaking her head yes to all this stuff. Yeah, where do you what do you do for work? 
Uh, currently, I'm working as a waiter. Uh huh. Okay, that's um, okay. This is very service oriented. I mean, are you are you okay with that? I am, but I I moved to California from Texas, and I'm looking for work in my field and just having a tough time. Uh, environmental field is what I uh-huh. usually. There's the work that I really like to do. That you like to do, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The um, the whatever work you do, it has to be involving you know some kind of service or a lot of detail or you know your your chart is um, <clears throat> sort of equally suited for like if you're going to do environmental work, it has to be very hands on. You don't really seem like the kind of person that's going to be satisfied behind a desk. And you could actually if. You know, if you could, if you if you would do environmental work, um, it would be conservation, and you know, like Virgo is so concerned with um, maintenance, you know, maintaining. So sustainability and maintenance. Maybe you should also look in like environmental sustainability and sustainability fields. I would mm-hmm. tell you to use the word sustainability as a search term. In California, because um, I think that you know you're you're obviously going to be qualified to bring your your own personality to that is going mm-hmm. to be a big asset to the whole field of sustainability in California. It's huge, so um, maybe broaden your search to include the idea of sustainable environment, sustainable systems, sustainable. You know, add that word and see what you come up with. Okay, um, very good. Thank you. On that. And yeah, you're right. I uh, go ahead. I do mostly I do mostly field work, so it's interesting that you say that. I um, I don't typically spend much time behind a desk or in a cubicle. So I'm actually out in the field doing engineering inspection. So um, you got all that right. Yeah. Um, no, that's so. good. That's good. So yeah, I mean, and you can you can add the idea of um, you know. Uh, land preservation to your resume, and and I think that you'd be able to connect with that really well in some types of interviews. As far as okay. like work goes, work's changed for you. Um, you've had Pluto go into your tenth house, so that's it's been a few years already. But perhaps uh, let's see, we're about twelve degrees, so five six years ago. You might have had a big shift in work and 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 changed like the direction that you were going in. Um, did you have that? I did. Yeah. Now recently, you recently is is your relationship new? No. No. It's been going for a few years. Yeah, a couple of years exactly. Uh huh. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll, I'm going to lay off of that unless you bring that up. <laughs> unless you tell me you want to talk about, unless you tell me you want to talk about your relationship, I'm going to lay off of that. You've had some interesting planets, you know, like moving across your relationship house, and some of them have been like some sudden change. Some of them may have been a little bit of conflict. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be with the with the girlfriend, but that would be the first person that I would want to talk about in regard like so what changes happened in this last year in regard to your relationship because it's like something needed to shift and and it it had to have 
That's interesting. Um, and yes, I'm okay talking about relationships <laughs> as far as my girlfriend and all. Um, okay. Yeah, and you want me? To, uh, do I need to mention like what's happened in the last year? Well, did something happen that 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 sort of changed the dynamic in the relationship, and was it sudden? Yeah, uh, not necessarily sudden. Um, my girlfriend's from California, and she lived in Austin, and that's where I met her. And then um, we kind of, uh, I had a falling out with my feelings towards her, and then when she moved here, it was about a year ago, I guess, been about a year. Right. Um, shortly followed. thereafter, I, yeah, shortly thereafter, I realized how much I loved her. and um, Okay, so that wasn't sudden, shortly thereafter. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why I'd say, like, su- the sudden part of it is the shortly thereafter part, where <laughs> you had a falling out, then she leaves, then you shortly thereafter decide that you can't live without her and you want to follow her. That's the sudden part. Yes. And it was pretty sudden because I've got it. Uh, so that's what I'm saying. Like there's a, there's a, so that's a fundamental shift. That I want to let you know that that part that part uh, that part is basically you know like over what it is that you went through and for you to have recommitted to the relationship is very important for you because you have very strong planet that is connected to relationship commitment and um, you know it it was really strongly activated last year. In one mm-hmm. aspect where it was going to create a change, it could have been that that um, the feel that your feelings felt like they had changed for whatever reason, and then in another aspect that they reemerged very quickly. So, um, and interestingly, just just for you know anybody who's listening who follows along too with the astrology, that Moon in Libra in your chart is the ruler of your fourth house. So it, to be able to say you would have moved for a relationship uh, wouldn't have been such a far-off prediction because there's um, the way in which your chart is laid out, relationships strongly affects where you live. Okay. The relationship that you have strongly affects where you live because the relationship itself, uh, you know, we talk about rulerships in, in astrology, that relationship, the primary relationship actually is the ruler of your particular home. So you establish home based on that. And I mean, you know, 1966, maybe this isn't the first relationship you've had. And maybe if you could look back, you would see that relationships that you have had have steered your living environment. You know, it's been the relationship that's created the living environment that you find yourself in. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know if that's true, but that's that's something that I would say about your natal chart. Yeah, no, it is um, true. So, um, yeah, right now Saturn is in your sixth, is in your eighth house. So it's about you know, um, uh, like jointly held money. You want to be very on the up and up about you know your work and your tax return. Just so you know that this is a year when you just definitely want to don't you know you just want to be really accountable to your credit cards and to your obligation to the IRS and to any other bank loans that you have. You don't want to try and get away with anything that won't work. And you know, your your chart is actually I think really go you know on the upswing. 
and if, like there's a lot of positivity. I don't really right now have anything to say like, oh, you really need to look out for this. So if you have a question, I'll answer it. Otherwise, I'm going to move on with someone else. Um, I have a question, I guess. What, when do you think maybe as far as the job, um, the outlook for a, a job, a decent – and it doesn't necessarily have to be in the environmental field. <laughs> Just a better job. Yeah, just a better job. It's more fulfilling where, you know, I can contribute and, um, and of course, you know, better money, good benefits or, and, and the like. But um, um, do you have some good – you have some good opportunity somewhere between February the 3rd and March the 29th. So all of February and all of March, um, if I have to really pick that apart, um, maybe right around the beginning of March, like somewhere smack in the middle. And it's because okay. Saturn in your chart rules the 10th, which rules your career. And you're going to have a stationary Saturn sextile your sun, which is really good energy because that's in the sixth house. So Saturn is going to sextile your sun in Virgo. You're going to feel very stable in your working environment. And I think something positive can manifest sometime in February or March. I've had it okay. really, really, yeah. I mean, that it's pretty soon, but it's nice that you have a good transit there. Um, nothing else. No, there's no other dates in there that are really screaming out at me. Just that one big transit. You have some good news on February the 20th. You have some good news on the 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th of February. That's good. I like that time period. So that's sort of in just, a, just what, three weeks or so. You might actually yeah. see something and apply and, you know, work around work around this next two-month period as being very positive. Okay? Yes, you bet. Yeah, it's good to talk to you. Oh, thank you. you uh, also. I hope you have a good night. Oh, thank you, sir. Bye. So um always love having, you know, a caller on the show. I did have somebody else holding on the line, but um but I see now that I came back to the switchboard that I talked to Todd for most of the most of the reading, which was fine. I um I um uh, I uh I'm I'm happy to do a reading for somebody, you know, when I get a when I get somebody that has some good questions or especially I guess for somebody who's new to the show and somebody who's never had a reading, that sort of inspires me to talk it up. So um, hopefully uh, we send out good vibes for Todd to find some work that's satisfying and fulfilling for him. Uh, let me just talk real quick about uh, the um, the Aquarius energy that I wanted to talk about, and then um, maybe I won't get a chance to leave you with a tune tonight since I only have about three minutes here. So. Moon and Sun connected in Aquarius like we had today is this visionary time. So depending upon what house that is in your chart is going to depend upon where you put this visionary energy, where you're able to put a visionary energy in your life. But it's unconventional. It's like thinking outside the box. Aquarius is intellectual. Like I said, air signs in general are. But this sign leans towards the friendship and socialization, socializing, you know, like really like getting out there and interacting with people because 
Aquarius wants intellectual stimulation so that it can stimulate a new a new path for itself. Like only by interacting with people and discovering something amongst the group within the group are we capable of really coming up with what is it that we want to be as individuals? What is it what what kind of path do we want to cut as individuals? And the the Aquarian um a uh, whole motivation because it deals with the mind has to do with this is very important dispensing knowledge they love the idea of of learning and then disseminating that knowledge amongst the group it's one reason why they often feel disappointed because they want the knowledge they have to offer which is very utopian and very high-minded they want that knowledge to create a shift in the group and sometimes they find that that you know doesn't happen Aquarian age, right? We're in the Aquarian age. It's ultimately about love, peace, acceptance, and tolerance, right? Tolerance because of this live and let live attitude. I walk around or drive around and I watch people, you know, on their cells, as we all do. It's become a cliche now in our in the modern time that everyone is disconnected from each other while we're trying to be so connected. And the that 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 is probably one of the downfalls of the age of Aquarius is that we are having a, a, a live and let live. We are having a mass dispensing of knowledge, but at the same time, we're, we're losing uh, our real connection with each other. We're losing our ability to connect, let's say, on a heart level because Aquarius is a sign of the mind. So as far as um, the energy of acceptance and tolerance, uh, I hope that the new moon can bring us a little bit of peace and a little bit of friendship into our lives and into our homes. That will be really nice. And as we connect always with the new moon, because it's the next cycle of new growth, uh, we want to be able to figure out for ourselves what's the visionary you know, idea that we have and in what direction do we want it to take us. I'm Dr. Craig. You're listening to the Inside Connection. I'll be with you next week right here, 8 p.m. on Thursday. Good night.